your name. If everybody wants to talk about things in the media and things in the news, why can't the church talk about something that reigns supreme? God, you're trending in my heart. God, there's just something so miraculous when I call the name of the Lord. There's something that begins to rise. There's things that begin to break, doors that begin to open. Somebody better praise God. I'm telling you, God will shake something loose in your life. God will break the chains. Come on, there's a healing in the house. Come on, I'm telling you, God will break it. Come on, you don't know like I know what the Lord, what the Lord, what the Lord has done for me. I'm sorry, I can't be cute. I'm sorry, but there's something about ugly praise. I've come to give God praise. I can't be dignified. I've come to give somebody give him praise. Just for five seconds, come on, somebody give him praise. Praise God, somebody, let's worship him. Come on, let's worship him for a few moments. Hallelujah. Come on, as the psalmist would say, thus will I bless him while I live. Let everything, not just a couple things, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. He's doing great and mighty things, and he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn around to somebody and just tell them, I'm excited about what God's doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Brother Christian. Always, always taking care of that. And, you know, maybe we ought to get you a lighter pulpit. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But, you know, we're building muscles in church. You know, you got cardio when you run the aisles. Some people just, you don't need a gym membership. You just need to start worshiping God. Amen. Hallelujah. And, uh, well, we'll balance it out with some good food as well. So maybe you still need the gym membership. I don't know. But we do our best to give God everything. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of John chapter 10 and verse 27. John chapter 10 and verse number 27. We're going to be continuing our study from last week, and I'm going to do my best to uh, make our way through it, uh, but if we just get into it and we have to come back for part three, we'll do it. Amen. Uh, but I'm just looking forward to what God's going to do here tonight. John chapter 10 and verse 27. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Man, I want to talk to us and teach to us on this subject, learning how to hear from God, part two. Man, learning how to hear from God, part two. You can set down your Bibles and let's just pray that God would speak to us here tonight. Amen. That's what we're coming to learn about. Hallelujah. That while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost was moving and falling on them. And I pray that what whatever you've been seeking God to answer and whatever you've been praying about, that while you're hearing this message here tonight, I pray that the voice of God, amen, would speak to us. Hallelujah. 
in the wonderful name of Jesus. And somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of God. Amen. Learning how to hear from God, part two. It is evident, and we talked about it last week, and I'm going to recap for some of us here tonight, but you're welcome to go back and listen uh, online to last week's teaching. But it is evident throughout the scriptures that God speaks. It's one of the first lessons that we get from the Bible, that there's darkness, void, all this stuff. But there's a few things we learn about God from the very beginning. God moves and God speaks. Now, that is, that is important. Some people say, well, no, duh. But if we really think about that, there's a whole world out there, whether they are atheist, agnostic, or they're just in between all of that, uh, that does not believe that God speaks. And if they do believe in a God that is there, if there is such a thing as God, they do not believe that that God has, uh, that, it, that God is actively involved in the lives of humans. And, and that's why it's so important to study the Bible, because we learn that God doesn't just create the stars and fling everything into existence by his word and then uh, just let us exist. Amen. But God is working with us. God is working on us and God is working in us. And somebody said, amen. God is God is interested in his creation. If that were not the case, God would not have created us. He is interested in communication he is interested in fellowship. We learn this when God walks. The Bible says the voice of God was walking with Adam in the cool of the day in the garden. Uh, God created mankind for fellowship. This is why God would be able to look down at Adam and say it is not good that the man should be alone. Because God understands being holy, which means to be separate, to be unique, that there's nobody like him. Uh, that God saw that he, in his essence, that he's only one, there's no one else. Amen. He said, there's none beside me. There's none above me. There is none else. And so God was able to speak from a very close position that there's, there's aloneness. And when he looked at the man, he said, this is not good. Amen. And so we can learn from God that he realized from his own position uh, that, that he had to create something, and mankind was created for fellowship. Some people wonder, well, why were we created? Was I just here uh, because, uh, you know, nothing combusted with nothing, and here I am by happenstance? And No, that's not why you were created. You and I were created for fellowship and community with God. Amen. If you don't know what your purpose is, I can help you out right there. You were created to be in fellowship and to have communication with God. Amen. You and I were created to serve him. We were created to worship him. And unlike the angels and unlike nature, we were created with the option, the choice of whether or not we wanted to. God wanted to create somebody that wanted to serve him. And, and I have to believe that God looked all the way down the road to Carson City, Nevada, and there was going to be people, amen, that chose. You could have chose anywhere else to be tonight, but you chose to come and to worship him. Hallelujah. I think that we ought to do that for just a moment. <laughs> Praise God. Man, God is speaking, but we have got to be listening. In fact, they asked Jesus, what is the greatest of all commandments? And Mark chapter 12 and verse 29, he accounts that, but Deuteronomy 6, 4 is what he is quoting. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. 
Now, we quote that because it's a powerful verse. But I want you to notice what the first and greatest commandment started with. Hearing. <laughs> Hear, O Israel, that there had to be people that God was going to speak it. And we talked about it a little bit last week, and I'm going to recap real quickly about all the areas and avenues in which God was speaking. Uh, but God was going to be letting his voice be heard. He was going to be speaking it out. But there had to be a people that would hear him. Amen. We talked about it last week, uh, all the different ways, and we've got more here this week. Uh, but God speaks in natural but supernatural ways. God speaks through human agencies. God speaks through the ordinary. God speaks through supernatural means. God is using every, every avenue in which he's trying to let his voice be heard to mankind. We learned last week that God speaks primarily, and the first way that he speaks to us is through his creation, through natural laws, through the ordinary. This is God's first avenue in which he speaks to us. Amen. We see, as Romans would say, that we, we can see the invisible things of God through the visible things of his creation. Even his eternal power and Godhead, the Bible says, so that they are without excuse. Amen. In other words, God is shining, amen, bright through the sun. And he's letting us know, no, I am not the sun, amen, but I am the revelation, amen. He is letting us know that I am the light, amen. He is shining forth, amen, revelation to all humanity that there is something bigger than us. Amen. Every time we look up at those beautiful mountains here, the Sierras, amen, we can get close and we realize how small we are, how little we are. Amen. It should cause a revelation that there was something greater than us that created all of this. Amen. Guess what? Psalms would say that his voice is speaking through creation and there is no language, there is no voice, amen, where his voice is not heard over it. Amen. You can go anywhere in the world and his creation is crying out. Amen. There was somebody that had order that said that the ocean can only come this far there was somebody with order that said we got to have gravity so that we don't all fly off into space there was somebody amen known as God man he's speaking he's speaking he's speaking there's gonna be people that are going to hear his voice amen there's going to be people that are going to maybe be atheists and then one day they're going to just look out and have a revelation from God his voice is going to be speaking that there was somebody greater that created this amen we see that God also speaks through his written word, through scripture. 66 books of the Bible, God spoke a lot of words, amen. Uh, somebody once said that the word of God or the Bible was written to a specific group of people. Each book was written to a specific group of people, but it was for everybody. Now, we've got to read the context of scripture and understand, amen, who he was talking to. But there's also another side of scripture. The Bible would say of itself, it is a living word. It is quick. It is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces, it divides, it helps us, amen, to understand, amen. That word will come through and it will speak, amen. But we've got to make sure that we see what it says and that we've also got to realize, amen, who it was said to so we can keep context in mind. But that word, that scripture, the Bible says that through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, that 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 word that we have been given this book, I've seen it happen. People can walk in all messed up and they can be addicted to every kind of drug imaginable. But if they begin to open up that Bible and begin to read it, just like he framed the world, he frames their world. Anybody else testify of that? 
that God's voice spoke to you through his word and God was able to remove things from your life. God was able to add things to your life and it came from his word. Man, that word of God. We also see that God speaks to us through his spoken word. And, uh, and I'm going to say this multiple times tonight, but his spoken word will never contradict his written word. God will never tell us something. Uh, the Bible talks about the Logos. That is the written word. Amen. Uh, this is where we would see that Jesus, the word, was made flesh and dwelt among us. The written word, that, that Logos. Amen. The logic of God. And then we see the rhema, which is the spoken word of God. That spoken word of God is as Elijah in a cave who he goes out to see this great sight, and he sees, he sees uh, uh, the, the earthquake. And the Bible says God was not in the earthquake. Although we do see that God has been in the earthquake before. But in this particular moment, God was not in the earthquaking. And then he goes out and he sees a whirlwind, but God was not in the whirlwind. Yet we see in the book of Job that God spoke to Job out of the whirlwind. And then we see that he sees a fire, and God was not in the fire. Yet we know that God speaks through the fire. He said, let the God that answers by fire, let him be God. This just happened to Elijah. So he knows that God was speaking through nature. But now, amen, when he looked out and God wasn't speaking through those avenues right then and there, after the fire, after everything else, the Bible says there was a still, small voice. A spoken word, and, and you got to take it to the bank. Don't listen to anybody that tells you that God stopped speaking 2,000 years ago. <laughs> that God only spoke to the apostles. God only spoke to prophets. God only spoke. No, I want you to know that God is still speaking. My Bible says that, amen, that, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi would say of God that he is the Lord. He changes not. And if he doesn't change and he spoke back then, I want you to be encouraged tonight. You can get a spoken word from God. Oh, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. And, and that still small voice, amen, it, it, it comes in many ways. Uh, that translation literally means a whisper. And, and, and there's some folks who don't understand about that. You don't whisper when people are far away. You whisper when they're close. And, 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 and this is a moment, I just I didn't come to preach it, but I might as well. It was when Elijah was depressed and suicidal. He felt like God was nowhere to be found. And the Bible says God whispered to him. And in the moments when it's dark and you don't feel like God's anywhere around, you got to tune your ear. you got to change your frequency because God may not be blasting through the earthquake. He may not be blasting through the whirlwind. He may not be blasting through the fire. It may not be the explosive Sunday service where you hear from God. But it's in that dark cave when you feel depressed and down that God says, hey, I'm whispering because I'm close. Oh, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. God speaks through a spoken word. Now, uh, I, I, I will say this. I'm using every bit of scripture that I can, but there's some things I, I can't get with scripture. So I'm silent where the Bible's silent. Amen. Uh, but I'll speak where it speaks. I don't exactly know how God's voice comes across to everybody. Everybody's going to be different. That's what I'm talking about here tonight. That still small voice could literally be an audible whisper, or it could be a strong impression. It could come through your conscience that God has gifted you with. Amen. And it's that voice that you know it wasn't you. Amen. Has anybody ever had that happen? You just know there was something that, that just spoke to you. It gave you a word of encouragement. It told you not to go this way. Uh, I, I remember there were several times that this has happened where I just felt like I needed to go somewhere else. And uh, I remember one time that God spoke to me 
and I felt it wasn't this audible voice, but it was that still small voice in the back of my head said, go into that store right there. I was working at the mall. It was one of those T-shirt shops where they screen print. Never in a million years would I go into a store like that because I don't really care about any of that. But I went in there because I felt that strong voice that was an impression. It was very strong. And it said, go in there and talk to the person about me. And, uh, and listen, let me tell you, your flesh is not going to tell you to do that. Your, your flesh is never going to tell you to go and talk to somebody about Jesus. The devil certainly won't tell you to do that. And, uh, and so I went in there. And uh, I started looking, and I saw this belt buckle that said Jesus. Now, I've been in Carson City almost two years now, uh, but, I, but you ain't going to get me in a belt buckle. So, uh, but I looked down, I saw this belt buckle that said Jesus, and, and, I, and I saw the individual that was working, and I said, man, that's a cool belt. God forgive me if I was lying. But I was doing everything I could to connect to this person because I know God put me there. God sent me there. And they said, yeah, I love Jesus. And I go, praise God. Uh, that's awesome. Where, where do you go to church? Well, I, I, I used to go to church, but I, I don't go to church anymore. And, and I said, well, that's wonderful. What kind of church you used to go to? And, and this individual said, well, I used to go to a, a Pentecostal church. And now, it wasn't an apostolic church, but I was able to, from that moment, get this individual into a Bible study. And we baptized this individual in Jesus' name. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. You know how that happened? It didn't come because of intellect. It didn't come from experience. It became because I was willing to listen to the voice of God. Hallelujah. I believe that God's wanting to speak to his church. I believe that God's wanting to speak to individuals to connect us. Amen. And, and I don't believe there's anything such as coincidence. I don't believe with coincid that, that there's coincidence, coincidences in God. Amen. Uh, I think it was Albert Einstein that said coincidence is just God disguising himself. Uh, God is working. God is trying to get us, but we've got to be willing to listen for his voice. Amen. Uh, we learned last week that God speaks through preaching and through prophecy. Uh, there's really three avenues in which God is going to speak, uh, in, 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 and this is to boil it all the way down. But, but Jesus was the perfect embodiment of God speaking. And, and God uses what we would call the word of God. This is the Bible. This is the written word. The man of God and the spirit of God. Amen. Jesus Christ was God manifested in the flesh. He was the word made flesh that in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. John 4, 24, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We know that he was the man of God. He was the word of God and he was the spirit of God. And when Jesus spoke, they said he spoke as one who had authority and not as the scribes. Why? Because he was not only the author, he was the perfecter. Amen. He was the one that wrote it. He was the one that inspired it. And now he was the one that embodied it. And here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. There was no contradiction. There was no contradiction in him. And when we think about hearing from God, I want you to know, if you ever get a word from God or you hear the voice of God or you think you heard the voice of God, it will never contradict the word of God. I just want, I'm trying to teach sound doctrine because I got a, I've met a lot of kooky people through the years. It will never contradict the written word of God. God. Everybody said amen on that. It will never contradict. Now, mind you, the word of God will never contradict the man of God. The man of God will never contradict the word of God if somebody is or myself does that run. Hallelujah. Amen. If I ever start contradicting his word, you get up, vote with your feet, and move out this building and take your family with you as quick as you can because I can't stand up and contradict the word of God. At the same time, 
the Spirit of God will not con contradict the Word of God. It, it goes in this, this, this way, and it, it, none of them will contradict. Everything will confirm the Word. That's what First John's really saying when it says the Word, the Spirit, and the Son, amen, are all agreeing in one. Amen, that all these things are agreeing in one. It's not saying there's three persons. It's not saying that there's three gods. It's not saying there's three identities. What it's really saying is there will never be a contradiction of the Word of God, the man of God, or the Spirit of God. That's when you know you got into a real church of God. Amen. When the word of God is preached, amen, without, without fear or favor. Amen. When the man of God is preaching from that word, from the spirit of God, amen, and none of it is contradicting itself. Amen. And so God will use any avenue, but we've always got to line it up. Some people would say, well, I heard from God. Well, go back to the Bible. Did what you hear line up with the Bible? Yes. Okay, great. Praise God. Amen. Did what you hear line up with what, what the Holy Ghost on the inside of you is telling you? Yes. Praise God. Does it line up with what I preach and teach in this church? Oh, no. Okay, let's go back and let's talk about it because maybe one of us is wrong. And, uh, and if I'm wrong, I'm willing to admit it. Amen. But, but none of these will contradict. So tonight I want to talk about, and, and I want to get through this here tonight. Uh, there's, another, there's another ordinary but yet supernatural thing in which God speaks through. He speaks through other people. God speaks through preachers and teachers, but I want you to know that God can also speak through your spouse. God can speak to us, amen. He can teach us things through our kids, amen, through friends, through neighbors, and yes, can you believe it? Even your enemies, amen, can, can help you hear the voice of God. Amen. My Bible would say that he sets a table in the presence of of our enemies. Amen. There's things that God can speak. His voice can be heard. Did you know trials can speak to you? You can get a word from God through going through the hardest things in your life and God can use that and you wanted to give up and you wanted to quit and you wanted to get bitter but God was using that very thing the Bible would say despise not the fiery trials which are to try you as though some strange thing has happened Amen. but the trying of your faith being much more precious than gold or silver that perishes amen that, that trying of the faith amen God is using it amen the Bible says about Paul he said I prayed three times that this thorn in the flesh would be removed and God kept responding my grace is sufficient for you that in your weakness then am I strong amen the Bible would tell us amen that God was speaking to Paul through that thorn God was using that thorn because of the abundance of revelations I want you to know that if you're going through a hard time if you're going through a trial amen I want you to be encouraged God's voice is speaking oh praise God God uses all sorts of things. God uses human channels to speak words of prophecy, tongues and interpretation, words of wisdom, knowledge, discernment. You find that in 1 Corinthians. Amen. Uh, we will discuss that in depth when we talk about and teach a series on the gifts of the Spirit. and We will break each one of them down because I believe in that. Hallelujah. I believe that that should be an operation in the apostolic church. God also expresses himself through human vessels to distribute his anointed uh, message through anointed sermons, through anointed songs, through anointed writing. Amen. I want you to know that you can, uh, all things that are coupled and that are in alignment with the word of God, the spirit of God, the man of God, the man Christ Jesus, if you will. Amen. All those things that are coupled with the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. You can read a book that is written on biblical principles and God can begin to speak to you 
through that. Amen. I believe in reading the Bible, but I also believe you can read a book that was written on biblical principles, and God can use that to speak to you. Praise God. No matter what avenue it is, remember, it must not contradict. Amen. God does not, let me just say this as the pastor, God does not use parking lot prophets. Somebody said amen. Amen. He used a donkey before using a backslidden prophet. Yep, that's right. That's in your Bible. Before he would use somebody whose life did not align, he would rather use a stubborn mule, stubborn donkey. Your life has got to be right. You've got to have a good report within and without. Amen. For several reasons. Number one, amen, whether God's truly speaking to you about other people, I highly doubt. If he has not yet helped, because the first avenue in which the Holy Ghost moves, he convicts the world of sin and of righteousness. Amen. Getting rid of what we're doing wrong and telling us to do right. Amen. There's so many people, I call them parking lot prophets, that they've got a word for everybody else. But if it ever comes, amen, to talking about what's wrong in their life, amen, they've got a beam in their eye and it goes from here to heaven and they want to tell everybody about the speck in their eye and they've got a word, amen, from the Holy Ghost according to them for everybody else and yet God has never helped them to figure out what's going on in their world. Somebody help me out here tonight. Have you ever met anybody like that? If you haven't, you better pray. It might be you. I don't know. Uh, but we've got to make sure that our life is in alignment with the Holy Ghost. We've got to be living according to the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the man of God. We've got to have our life right. And then God says, I can use that avenue to speak to people. Amen. Somebody said, praise God. God uses people, but I want you to know, and I really want to hit that home. God is not going to use somebody that's not living right. Amen. And, 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 and let's just say, I don't have necessarily an example where he did, but let's just say he, he did. Nobody's going to take you serious because they're going to look at your life and go, yeah, thanks for the word. I, I, at least I know this. We had, a, we had a woman that came to our church, and, and uh, she just, she, you just see her outside the church smoking and uh, she just wasn't living right. You just knew it in so many ways she wasn't living right. And she would, every, every altar call, she'd come up and had a word for you. <laughs> and she just, the, thus saith the Lord. And I was like, thus saith you. <laughs> you know, and it's interesting that she could discern everything. She could discern every spirit. I have the gift of discernment of spirits. But she couldn't discern her own spirit. And before God helps us discern anybody else's spirit, I'll teach about that another time. He helps us discern ours because, uh, you know, there's those people that they have the gift of suspicion. You know, they know, oh, I know brother so-and-so is doing something wrong. I know sister so-and-so is doing something wrong. And they, they've got that gift, but yet the Holy Ghost has not talked to them about them yet. Remember, God is speaking, but the first avenue he's going to speak, he's going to speak to you about you. Hallelujah. Amen. He'll speak to, amen, husbands. He'll speak to us about being husbands before he speak about how to fix the wife. Amen. He'll talk to us about our, our side of the relationship, our side of the activity, our side of the church. Amen. He'll talk to us about where we live before he'll ever talk to us about somebody else. Before God lets us read somebody else's mail, he'll deliver our mail first. And somebody said, praise God. Amen. Now that I got that out of, out of the way, I do want you to know I believe that God uses people. I believe that God uses people to speak a word into other people's lives. I believe that in the church of the living God that you can walk up and you may not know, but God is using you to give a direct word for somebody. 
He can give you to speak a prophecy over somebody. Amen. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, my Bible says that it's the same spirit that is, that is working all things together. It might be a different administration, but it's the same Lord. Amen. It might be a different gift at this moment, but it's the same spirit that's working it out. Amen. You can get up and you can walk over and you don't know why, but you just give somebody a word from God that is in alignment with his word. Hallelujah. I've already said that a million times, but it's in alignment and you go up and you give them a word from God. I believe that those words from God can help somebody get through tough times. I believe it can help somebody change their life. I believe those words can help somebody come up out of the ditches. I believe it's that word that can help somebody be encouraged to make it another day. Somebody clap your hands and magnify the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. But you got to have your life right. And when you got your life right, it starts to work out for other people's good as well. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. This is why it's so important that we, we, we've got the word of God in our lives. Open the book. Pray. Get in the spirit. Get our, because there, And let me just say this. I'm off on so many tangents. Please forgive me. God wants to use you. Do you believe that? Does anybody believe that? I believe that. God wants to use you. God, not, oh, well, God only uses this person or that person. No, God wants to use you. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, God wants to use you. Amen. And, and it's not always got to be the preacher that comes through or the pastor or a minister in the church or uh, somebody in leadership. But God wants to use you. But, but in order for God to truly use you, we've got to have this down. Let the word of Christ dwell in the pastor, the head usher, everybody else. No. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Did you know that you can get together and you can worship with somebody, amen, in church? You don't have to let people worship by themselves, but you can come and you can admonish one another. Sometimes, amen, you know, amen, the, the, the individual that maybe they've gone through really hard things, but you still see them lift their hands and praise God and sing unto the Lord. Amen. And you can tell that, that maybe they didn't feel like it, but they did it. And the Bible talks about the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips. And you see the person that's gone through the trial of their life. And, 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 and let me speak to the person that's gone through the trial of your life. Keep lifting your hands. Keep singing, keep dancing, honey, keep praising God because you don't know who's watching from a distance and they're being admonished that if they can do it, I can do it. If they can serve God, I can serve God. If they can make it through, I can make it through. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 11. The Bible says, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. And if any man minister, let him do as the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever. In other words, if we're going to speak, let us, let us do it, amen, as the oracles of God. Let's do it with the intent that, that I want God to use me. And let's do it with grace in our hearts. Let's do it with the right spirit that in all things Christ might be glorified. I know, I know people that they do things because they want to be glorified. I don't think God wants to use an individual like that. Amen. But if you've got a purity of spirit and you've got a pure heart and you say, God, I just want you to speak through me to help somebody. I just want to be a blessing. Amen. For those young men that maybe God will call you to preach, it's not so you can get a name on a flyer. It's so that you can help people. Amen. When, when God opens a door for you to teach a Bible study, it's not so you can post it on social media necessarily. It's so that you can help that individual and you can bless them. 
Hallelujah. So that in all things God might be glorified. Somebody said praise God. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11. Uh, we don't have time to turn there. I want to I get moving. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as also you do. Amen. You can edify one another. You can admonish one another. You can encourage one another. And guess what? When somebody encourages you, when somebody admonishes you, when somebody edifies you, amen, you are hearing from the voice of God. When they've got the word of Christ dwelling in them. Hebrews 3 and 13 the Bible says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. If you see somebody slipping, you can be the voice of God to them, and you can exhort them, you can help them, you can encourage them to make it, amen, all the way with Jesus. You can say, uh, it doesn't matter what it is, but you can bring the word of God to them, and you can say, hey, you don't have to live that way. Hallelujah. I remember, I was probably 16 years old. And this is, this is where the voice of God, it can speak to people. And God can use you. 16 years old, we used to do church directories. I don't know if we ever did church directories here. Um, you know, now with cell phones, you don't really need that. But we did church directories. Well, I have this weird thing about collecting paperwork. I, I don't know why. I've just always done it. But I collected all these, these, these documents. Well, I went back about eight years. And I found a man. His name was Steve. Steve hadn't been to church in a long time. And uh, I, I just, man, I, I never really talked to Steve. Maybe introduced myself once or twice. But he was on the church directory. And so I picked up, I picked up the phone. It wasn't a cell phone. It was one, you know, one of those ones that was a cord. I don't even know if that's, that might be the Smithsonian now. But I dialed his phone number. And, and sure enough, Steve answered. I said, Steve, Brother Steve is what I called him. I said, Brother Steve. And he goes, yeah. I said, this is Brother Evan. He's like, who? <laughs> he said, from Cornerstone, a Pentecostal church on Broadway in Woodlawn. He goes, oh, yeah. He said, you, you, you know, it's been a while since we've seen you. We, we're, we're, we've been missing you. And he goes, wow, really? I said, yeah, we've been missing you. Well, can you believe it? Steve's back in church. In fact, you might have seen him there when you went. Steve's in church. He married a lady in our church. I mean, they got several kids together. And, and, and what am I saying? That you can be the voice of God for somebody. Do you believe that? You can reach out to somebody. If you see somebody slipping, somebody missing, call them up and say, hey, how are you doing? Uh, how's everything going in your life? Amen. You can encourage them. You can exhort them. You can admonish them. You can edify them. You can use the word of God, and you can break it open. You can teach them a Bible study if they don't understand something. Whatever we do, let's be like an oracle of the Lord. Let's be a voice. Let's be a mouthpiece. Amen. What do you say, church? Let's be a mouthpiece. Amen. In Carson City for the people of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14. Moving on quickly. Hebrews 1 and 14. Uh, you could read verse 13 early, uh, later, but talking about uh, at any time has he spoken to any of his angels. Sit thou on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Um, but he then begins to define out these angels. Uh, he says, are they not all ministering spirits? And minister doesn't mean the way that we call it. You might call me a minister, but minister, biblically speaking, is the true definition. It's a servant. And uh, are they not all serving spirits sent forth to serve them that shall be the heirs of salvation? Uh, again, if you ever encounter uh, or somebody tries to tell you that, that the angel, you got to serve the angels, and there's religions out there that believe that. No, don't listen to them. They're there to serve uh, the heirs of salvation, not vice versa. Uh, you'll notice that with angels, and, and now I'm going to step out from the natural, and we're going to step into the supernatural. And uh, if you don't believe any of this, we can talk later because it's in your Bible. Um, but 
but I want you to know that the angels of God never preach the gospel. Hallelujah. The angels of God never preach the gospel. They never deliver golden plates. They never give new revelations. They, I'm going to help you. They, because there are whole, you, well, well, preacher, that sounds insane. That sounds crazy. If I ever saw an angel, that would be crazy enough, let alone, uh, but you'd be shocked. Some of the most major religions in America, amen, and across the world started with a visitation from an angel. But Paul would even say you got to be careful because even Satan is transformed into an angel of light. I've got to give this on both sides of the fence. Amen. I'm going to talk about how angels do speak. Amen. And they are an avenue in which God speaks to us. Amen. But you got to be careful because there's always, if I could put it this way, there's always the dark side. Amen. To the spirit realm. And the devil is looking to confuse people. And my Bible says God is not the author of confusion. Amen. The devil wants people to be lost. God wants people to be saved. Amen. He wants people to be confused. Amen. And God wants people to get focused. Amen. And get things in order. Hallelujah. We learned that from God in, in Genesis chapter 1. Amen. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 8. Hallelujah. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which have, we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Amen. If anybody comes preaching any other gospel or an angel from heaven, he's saying he's going as far to the extreme. He's saying even if an angel shows up and tries to preach any other gospel, he said, let them be accursed. Amen. I want to just make it very plain. Angels are actually messengers from God. And their main directives, amen, that we see in the Bible, they are sent to protect, they are sent to direct, and they are sent to deliver. Amen. I don't have time tonight to get into all of that. Uh, they are always there. Uh, they are sent to affect salvation, but they never preach salvation. You look in your Bible. I'll give you, I'll give you $100 if you can find anywhere where an angel preached the gospel. You will not find it. After Jesus Christ's ascension, even Jesus wouldn't preach the gospel. When he, said, when he saw Saul... Saul said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he said, What should I do? He said, Go find a preacher. Amen. The Bible says it was by the foolishness of preaching he chose to save them that believe. And it's not going to come from an angel. The gospel is going to be preached, amen, from one man, amen, or, or one woman to another individual, from one human being to another. We're going to tell you, you got to repent, you got to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And if anybody tells you anything else, they are not telling you the gospel. Amen. Angels don't appear just to appear. It is directly connected to the mission of God and the salvation of man. So the people are always like, well, I saw an angel. They see an angel around every corner. No, no, that's not what they're there for. If it's not there for the mission of God, amen, to protect, to direct, and to deliver, you're not seeing an angel. And if you are, it's not of God. Because if it's there, well, I saw an angel, and the angel told me to, you know, do X, Y, and Z, and it has nothing to do with anything, uh, you might want to go to a psychiatric ward and get yourself checked out. 
uh, because it's not coming from God. We see that the angel of the Lord protects and encourages in Acts chapter 27 where Paul is on a ship and he says, There stood by me in this night an angel of God whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou mayest be brought before Caesar. And lo, has given God has given all those that sail with thee. What he's saying is, don't worry, Paul. I'm going to encourage you. It's going to be all right. Don't worry. God's going to protect you. He sent me to protect you because you got to go before Caesar and you got to do what? You got to preach the gospel. You got to try to reach Rome. You got to try. Amen. If an angel shows up, it's going to be directly connected. Amen. To protecting you so you can fulfill the mission of God. I believe that every time you almost got in a car wreck, God dispatched angels because he knew there's people. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. There's people connected to you that you got to win, that you got to reach. Hallelujah. And he set forth protection so that you might live to preach another day, that you might live to do the will of God another day, that that family member, amen, that beforehand maybe never would have come to you, now they come to you because you lived, amen, another month, another year, amen. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. My pastor always put it this way. You are indestructible until God's done with you. And when God says it's time to come home, it's time to come home. Praise God. I can think about car wrecks and different things like that, and I have to believe. Amen. I remember one time I was coming over the, over the mountain pass. Uh, there, was, there was several, uh, there was about 15 feet of snow over on Snoqualmie Pass uh, coming over from Seattle. So I took Highway 2. There was about three or four feet of compact snow. And I remember going over that mountain pass in December, and, 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 and this guy in front of me slammed on his brakes, and I started fishtailing. I went into the other lane going down a mountain, and up was coming a semi. And I, the semi was from me to Brother Troy, and all of a sudden I felt something hit my car, and I was certain that I had slammed into something. I had hit something. It was so much so, Brother Jonathan, that when I got done, I got out of the car, and I started looking for all the dents and all the scratches, but there was nothing there. All I know is there was something that righted me in that moment. I have to believe God dispatched angels because he knew one day you're going to be in Carson City and you got to preach to people and you got to baptize people. And I believe God does the same thing if we were to look back and when we get to heaven, God's going to rake back the veil and he's going to show us, I sent my ministering spirits, I sent my angels, amen, I want you to know I was speaking to you, you still got purpose. Oh, I feel him. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands unto him and give him praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Acts chapter 8 and verse 26. The Bible says, And the angel uh, of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is the desert. And I'm, I'm going to skip past the next two verses, but they're, they're important. This is where he meets the Ethiopian eunuch. And the Bible says in verse, eight, or at verse 29, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. The angel of the Lord showed up and told him, go that direction. But when he got on position, it was the Spirit of the Lord that began to tell him, now go talk to that individual. And there is, amen, the voice of God speaking and giving direction. Acts chapter 5 and verse number 19. The Bible says, but the angel of the Lord stood by, uh, the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, go stand and speak in the temple to all the people the words of this 
life. Amen. And not talking about the natural life. It's talking about preach the gospel. In other words, the angel of the Lord, the voice of God was showing up through, amen, the avenue of a ministering spirit, through the avenue of an angel so that they could be delivered. For what reason? They were delivered so that they could then fulfill the mission of God. They could preach the gospel. Amen. Praise God. Amen. God uses those avenues. Let's lift up our hands. I feel them in this house. There's folks right now going back through their memory and going, oh, my goodness. God was speaking to me. I should have died right there, but God was still, he was protecting me. Uh, he told me to go left, and I went left, and he saved me from a whole world of hurt. Amen. God was directing me, and God, when you set me free, when you delivered me out of this, God, it was for a purpose. Somebody pray right now. I feel him. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we give you glory and honor and praise. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to be finishing here shortly. Acts chapter 2 and verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. There's two other avenues that I'm going to be talking about tonight, and I'm going to do it briefly. Visions and dreams. The Greek word for visions means to supernaturally gaze at an object externally or to have an inspired appearance internally. Each vision usually has its own purpose, but one general purpose is that it inspires the beholder. Dreams and visions are often viewed especially in our Western world, with skepticism. Uh, people are, people don't, don't necessarily believe in that anymore. But I want you to know, Apostolic Revival Center, we believe in dreams and visions. The, the Calvinist may not believe it. The Presbyterian may not believe it. The Baptist may not believe it. The Methodist may not believe it. But the Apostolic Church still believes that in the last days, God still pours out His Spirit upon all flesh. Amen. That people prophesy, that people have visions, and people have dreams. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove it here in a moment. Many Christians have concocted arguments uh, that allow them to sidestep this matter. They discount the experience of dreams and visions, and they claim that they are no longer biblical uh, or they are no longer necessary for this generation. I think if there's ever been a generation that needs an encounter with God, it's this generation that is so inundated with technology and information and all this other junk, amen, that, that we got to throw that all aside and we've got to let God speak to us however he wants to speak to us, amen. I, I want you to know, amen, a vision from God, a dream from God is better than any Hollywood movie. It's better than any entertainment, amen, because in that God can give you inspiration, in that God can give you hope, in that God can give you direction for your life and for your future, praise God, amen. But there's many that would say that it doesn't exist anymore, but it is important for anybody that reads the Bible that, that we don't interpret according to our culture and our experiences, and our, our preconceived ideas about things. Amen. We can't look at it through any other route and any other way. Amen. God's still giving visions. God's still giving dreams regardless of what, amen, our Western modernized society says. Amen. A vision is an inspired appearance, something that you see literally with your eyes or in your mind, if you will. A dream is something that you see in your sleep 
or something that you imagine doing, a goal or an aspiration. Now, we're going to talk about how you know whether it was from God. God can insert images and ideas into our minds whether we are conscious or not. Amen. He's the one that created the mind, and he's the one that can work in the mind. Job chapter 33 and verse 14. Amen. I'm going to read this in the ESV for some folks here today. Uh, it may not read the same on the screen. For God speaks in one way and in two, though man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men while they slumber on their beds, then he opens the ears of man. He terrifies them with warnings that, they may, that he may turn man aside from his deeds and conceal pride from man. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. In other words, when God is using uh, these visions and dreams, sometimes God is giving a warning. He's saying, you got to turn around, amen, because I'm trying to save you from the pit. I'm trying to save you from destruction. Amen. Young men see visions. Amen. The Bible would say that without vision, the people perish. Amen. We see that Abraham had a vision. Daniel had a vision. Ananias had a vision. Cornelius had a vision. Peter had a vision. Paul had a vision, and all of these God was using to speak to them. Amen. We see in Acts that Saul's conversion, that he has a vision, and at the same time, God is giving a vision to the man by the name of Ananias to go find Saul of Tarsus and to pray him through to the Holy Ghost, to baptize him in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe that while we're in church here tonight, amen, that God is currently working out there in our city and in our community. And people are getting a vision from God. Amen. And God is saying, you need to go find a preacher. And God is saying, you got to go find Ananias. And at the same time, God is trying to give a vision to the church of the living God, saying, you got to go down this road. you got to go into this store because you're going to find an individual that needs God. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody lift up your hands. Amen. Praise God. Let's worship him. Oh, come on. I feel the Holy Ghost. I I just want to help somebody here today. God's speaking in visions and dreams, but we've got to attune our ears. Amen. It's, it's, it's supernatural, but God is still using it. Amen. For the sake of time, I'm just going to get through some of this. Amen. Cornelius and Peter both had complimentary visions. Amen. Cornelius got a vision and, uh, of an angel of the Lord showing up and said, go find one uh, named Peter who is in the house of Simon the Tanner. And at the same time, amen, Peter's getting a vision of unclean meats. And God's saying, don't call anything unclean that I've made clean. In other words, what he was saying is, don't discriminate against another race. Amen. Hallelujah. I think that that's a good vision, amen, for the church of the living God in this, in this current, present world. The world might be racist, but the church is not. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. But, but God is giving a vision to Peter because he knows Peter will not accept what God is doing in Cornelius' life because of his prejudice. And so God gives this vision to him. Amen. Yes, the apostle Peter that preached the day of Pentecost had prejudice he had to get rid of. And, and here, God connects him with Cornelius, but it came through a vision. Amen. We see that, that it was there that, that while, while, while Paul, amen, was, was, was out there, he was trying to get a, 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 a word from God, where to go next. And God began to speak to him in a vision. And there was a man of Macedonia that cried out and said, please, could you come help us? And it was that that convinced Paul that I've got to go and do the mission of God. And that was what started his ministry 
ministry to the Gentile people. Amen. I want to tell you, this apostolic church, it didn't just have one or two visions, but the apostolic church was founded on the fact that God would pour out his spirit and that God would give visions and dreams, and those visions and dreams would grow and multiply the church in areas that never would have been evangelized and, and in, in different races that never would have been evangelized, in different avenues that never would have been evangelized. I believe that God can give somebody a vision, amen, that helps win, amen, a completely different demographic, amen, that maybe we never had access to, but because you hear the vision, you follow the vision, God helps you. Somebody lift up your hands. Let's stand across the building and let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Visions and dreams, God still uses them. There's people in this building, you're thinking back on every, God maybe has given you a vision, God has given you a dream, and you know it lines up to all the things that I've already talked about, and I want you to be encouraged, amen, that if it really was from God, it will come to pass. Amen. I, I remember talking to Brother Jeff Hoffer. Uh, he has Holy Ghost Radio. Many of us have it downloaded on our phones. And I asked him, where did Holy Ghost Radio come from? He said, I, I got a vision from God. And God just spoke one simple word to me, radio, over the Internet. This is back in, oh man, this is way back, 2002, something like that. I mean, it barely, I'd barely been in church and I met him. He, was, he, was, he did our conference, of one of the first uh, conferences he ever did. And now he's got preaching, amen, that's reaching uh, hundreds of thousands of people across the world. He's got different languages. Amen, what, what was God doing? He was opening up an avenue and, and, and a way where we can now evangelize in ways that we never would have. He's gone to different places that I could never preach. Amen, praise God. Amen. I, I remember, and I, I, I've got to just, uh, I'll, I'll flip through this real quick, but I remember uh, it, is, it, is, it is because of a vision, uh, one, of, one of the reasons that I'm here pastoring. And I know some people might think I'm crazy, but I had a vision while I was evangelizing. Amen. And I won't go into that vision. You can ask me another time. Uh, but, but it was there that, that God began to speak to me about some things about the area. I remember praying about, you know, wrestling down. Uh, you know, because I had a, I had a nice comfy house in Spokane. It was just going to make more sense to go there and start a church. It just, and I was saying, God, I don't know. I don't know. And please forgive me. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I just want you to know, amen, that, that you didn't get a pastor because uh, I just rolled the dice and thought it would be a good idea. No. I, I began to pray and say, God, uh, where do you want me? And God gave me a vision. Call me crazy. That's all right. He gave me a vision of people's faces in this church. I only preach. You all know that. I only preach here a couple times, elder. We weren't, I wouldn't like that six-month evangelist y'all had forever. You guys saw me once every few years. And God started showing me face to people that are not yet in the church. And Brother Steve, I'm waiting to see those faces come through the doors. And God spoke to me and said, if you don't go, what about them? So I was asking about what am I supposed to do? And he said, what about them? And it was in that moment on Prayer Mountain near Santa Cruz that I had a vision from the Lord. And I said, God, I'm going. They could boot me out tomorrow, but I'm going. Uh, they, they could despise me and hate me, but I'm going. Praise God. It was because of a vision. Amen. I, I don't have time, but you can read through your Bible. Daniel had dreams. 
Joseph had dreams. Amen. Dreams are those imagery. Amen. It's not always making uh, perfect sense. And, and sometimes God's using uh, different, different imagery to help you see something. And, and every dream, amen, is going to need interpretation. And there's people that get dreams and there's other people that interpret. And then there's people like Joseph that they get the dream and they get the interpretation of the dream. And then there's other people that get a dream from God and immediately they wake up and the Lord begins to speak to them and give them an interpretation of the dream. My best friend's a dreamer. You got to learn how God speaks to you. For me, it's often through His Word. It, for me, it's often that still small voice, that impression. There's been a few times I had a vision in a dream. My best friend, he's a dreamer. He's always dreaming. I think he's crazy sometimes. But he's given me a dream. He said, I had a dream about you. And it helped me get through one of the hardest times of my life. And he was absolutely on point with everything. God used an individual, and God used a dream. Praise God. Let's lift up our hands and let's magnify Him. I'm just trying to reawaken the spiritual things of God in this church. God's been trying to speak to some of us, but we just ignored it. There's other folks that you've not ignored it. You've been, man, God's been speaking to you. You've been writing it down. You've been holding on to it. Precious promises from God. It's going to come through natural means, and it's going to come through supernatural means. It, it's going to come from, amen, maybe a prophecy from somebody else, or maybe it's going to come as a vision. Amen. Maybe it's going to come as a dream, but it's going to propel you into your future. Amen. But you got to know that God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you. It might come as a vision, and you see something. You're inspired or something. It it might come in the middle of the night. You get a dream, but you know, amen, it wasn't from man, but it was from God. And God begins to speak to you from that dream. Amen, I want you to know you've heard, you've heard from the voice of God, and you are hearing from the voice of God. Let's lift up our hands and let's magnify Him. Hallelujah, I'm done teaching. Somebody pray right now. If you were to go back in your memory, you could think, man, God, you've been speaking to me through ordinary things. You've been speaking to me through supernatural things. You've been speaking to me. You've been trying to get a hold of me and get my attention. Amen, God. I know that it was you that protected me. I know it was you that delivered me. I know it was you, God. Amen. I know it was your voice that was there with me in the darkest time, Elijah, speaking in that whisper. I know, God, that it was you that was calling me forward. I know, God, it was you that was calling me into the will of God. Somebody magnify him. I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray? Amen. Tonight, I believe that if you've not heard from God in a while, amen, there's so many avenues. I just want to encourage you. There's more than avenues that we have time to talk about. Amen. That God speaks. Amen. you got to pray. If it's been a while since God spoke, you say, God, would you open up my ears that I can hear what the Spirit is saying, amen, in my life and to the church. Would you open up my understanding that I could get a word from you that will encourage me and propel me into the plan you have for me. Come on, that's it. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.